Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, Chiefs fans, Odyssey is doing something special for this year's NFL Draft. Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora are hosting the 2023 Odyssey Draft Show. Join them on the first night of the draft as they talk with local experts from Odyssey Podcast across the country. We will be joining them to give instant reaction and analysis after the Chiefs pick. Leading up to the draft, check out Baldy's podcast in the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns. The draft show starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. With Nick Schwer, I'm Kayla Canaram, and it's always game day in Kansas City. For all things, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, game it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Canaram and Nick Schwert. Well, Nick, the draft is a little over 48 hours away. Do you think it's more likely that the Chiefs stay put at pick number 31 or that they decide to trade up or out of the pick? Hmm. What a a loaded question, (laughs) Kayla. You know, I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows. I think I've talked to so many different people over the past like week and a half. And everyone seems to have a read on what they think the Chiefs will do based off of the roster based off what Brett Veach says in a 45 minute press conference. I don't really know what the chiefs will do because that's the the tough part about picking at 31 is a lot of what you're going to do is determined by what happens in the 30 picks that are ahead of you. So I'm sure the chiefs are going into Thursday with some sort of a plan, some sort of an idea of how they want things to shake out. But round one is going to last like four hours, Kayla. The Chiefs won't be picking, at least in Kansas City time, until probably 11 p.m. Think about the amount of decisions that will be made across the NFL between the start of that draft on... The sun will be out when the draft begins. I'm here to announce the sun will be out. The sun will be shining. It will be daytime when the draft begins on Thursday. And it will be pitch black by the time the Chiefs make their selection, the final pick of round one. So I would imagine going into it, they are hoping, this is just my guess, they are hoping there is an opportunity for them to trade up and get an impact player in the first round. I think that is their hope, is to trade up. So if you're making me choose between the two options, let's just split it into two options. Either they stick at pick 31 or they do literally anything else. I will actually choose anything else. I don't think that they will be selecting at pick number 31. And, my, and I tried to simplify it, even though 
there is nothing simple about the NFL draft. You're, you're counting on all these, you know, dozens of people across the league to make the right set of decisions to get to your conclusion. But the reason why I don't think they're sticking at 31 is because there aren't 31 first round prospects, right? You make a draft board, you give draft grades to every player. Okay. We think he's a 97. We think he's a, a 92, whatever your grading system is. You've got like thresholds for, okay, these are round one players. These are round two players. These are round three players. You don't have 31 round one players. So if you're sitting there at pick 31, I think more likely than not, you are looking at a list of players. All your round one players are gone. They've all been drafted. And everybody that's left on your list is a round two guy. So why would you make pick 31 if there's nobody on your board available. I would rather bank on the fact that one of the other 31 teams in the NFL would say, actually, we do have a round one grade on one of the guys that's still on the board. So we're willing to give up an extra pick to move into your spot. You move back a few spots and have the fourth pick of round two. Now you got two round two picks, whatever that transaction is, or you do the exact opposite. It's pick 22, right? The Ravens are on the clock. Or it's pick 23, the Vikings are on the clock. And they don't love their options. Maybe they're in love with the guy that they think they can get seven picks later. So you give them a third round pick and your first round pick. And you move up to pick 22 or 23 and you select insert player. Whether that's a Miles Murphy, the edge rusher out of Clemson, or Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, Quentin Johnston out of TCU, whoever you think that guy is. Because the idea that one of your top 17, let's say you got 17 first-round grades in this draft class, the idea that one of those guys is going to fall to you at pick 31 just seems unlikely. And of course, as fans, we would much rather see you trade up than trade back, right? We want you to go be a big name. We want you to go get a guy who has superstar potential, has the high upside. But I also think that's the position the Chiefs are in. You nailed every draft pick last year. They all played meaningful roles for your team with the exception of one. Most of them were playing meaningful snaps in the Super Bowl. Therefore, you don't need to use all 10 of these draft picks. You don't have 10 holes on your roster. You don't need to add 10 players. So why not package a few of those picks together, move up and get one really, really good guy or one guy who has the chance of becoming a high level player at the next level, as opposed to just another dude who rounds out your roster. So your team trade up. I am team trade up, but it's tough to be team trade up without knowing who's going to be there. Right. Right. I want to be team trade up, but. If it gets to, because there's a, there's only a, a, there's a limit to how much you can trade up. I was going to say, how high do you think we could go? I think, you know, okay. So let's just think about this reasonably. (laughs) I don't think the chiefs are going to give up their first round pick and their second round pick, which by the way, just using like the trade chart that these teams use, let's just for, for argument's sake. If the Chiefs gave up their first round pick, pick 31, and their second round pick, which is pick 63, that would get them to about pick 20. So giving up your first two picks would get you up to pick 20. That's unreasonable to me. You're not giving up your first two picks. 
unless you're just infatuated with someone. That if if you if there's someone in this draft class that is by the way there at pick twenty, and you think they're they're like a superstar, because because giving up your first two picks is a is a lot. If you gave up your first round pick and let's say your third round pick, that would get you to like pick 25, 24. So there's not a lot of wiggle room. Like you don't, you're not going up into the top 15. You're probably not going up into the top 20. So realistically, you're moving up probably five or six spots. That is, I think, realistic for the Chiefs to do a draft day trade would be giving up your first round pick, giving up your third round pick and trying to move up in the mid 20s to take a guy who you think because look at the other teams that are right in front of the Chiefs in the draft. The Bengals, the Bills, the mm-hmm. Cowboys, the Jags. These are good teams, these are teams who need a lot of the same things that you need and in most of those cases those are your conference rivals. So there's a little gamesmanship going on there as well. You may want to jump the line and get a guy that you know one of your teams is probably going to be interested in as well. So I think probably like trading up into the 25s, and if one of those guys is there, then boom, you make your move. But if you get to pick 23, 24, and all the dudes you love are already gone, you may just kind of let the draft make the decision for you. I was just looking at a mock draft on NFL that has us trading up to 18 to get Zay Flowers. (laughs) Question, Nick. Does, that's a big trade. That's a big, it's a big jump. Uh, does the fact that this is in Kansas City, do you think, will that carry any weight? Do they want to make a big splash in front of the home crowd? You know, they they made a joke about that like a year ago. Brett Veach had made a joke in a press conference that Clark Hunt had told him, like, well, we want to make sure we have a first-round pick. Because, yeah, that would be cool in front of the Kansas City crowd for Roger Goodell to come out and say, uh, with the 31st overall pick, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. So, that would be a cool moment. But I don't think that is going to impact like roster decisions. And <laughs> that's it does, by the way, that's such an issue. If Brett <laughs> is like, hey, Clark, we've got the perfect trade. It's going to put us over the top. This is our best chance of continuing our success with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And Clark's like, no, I want that moment. If that happens, every Chiefs fan has the right to be livid. And Clark Hunt and Brett Veach have both went out of their way on multiple occasions to say it's just a joke. Obviously, if that's not the way things shake out, that's okay. Winning is most important. Like th- this, this event is big in Kansas City no matter what. That, w- that one 10-second video clip of Roger Goodell saying with the 31st pick, that's not what history is going to remember about this event being in Kansas City. So I hope, I hope that that's not going to impact their decision at all. We don't need a 10-second clip when we have a 30-minute Super Bowl rally on that same stage, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll be okay without that. Okay. Next question for you. If the Chiefs decide to stay put at pick number 31, who is on your wish list? So it's kind of like put up or shut up time. And I am officially on the edge rusher. Like that is my number one priority, whether it is pick 31, whether they trade up, whether they trade back. Now, if unforeseen circumstances lead to a guy falling into your lap at 31, fantastic. 
I don't think, like I said, I don't think the Bengals and the Bills, like if Quentin Johnston, 6'3", 210-pound receiver, just physical freak, if he starts sliding through the 20s, I don't think like the Bills and the Bengals are going to allow him to fall into the Chiefs' hands. They're going to all look at each other and say, hey, wait a minute. The Chiefs are just sitting there waiting for a guy like this. So barring any anything like that happening, I'm all about edge rusher. And it's kind of a weird pocket of the draft where maybe those tier one, tier two guys are likely going to be off the board. And maybe you're a little bit early for the, the next grouping of edge rushers. But there's a really intriguing crop of guys in here. Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa State. You know, he's a little bit older. He spent five years in college. He's 24 years old, but the dude plays like his hair is caught on fire. He has long arms. He plays fast. He is twitchy, explosive athlete. That's exciting. But he's only about 240 pounds, a little bit undersized for like a typical Steve Spagnola defensive end. That's kind of the same idea with BJ Ojolari. Really similar. It's like 6'3, 235. He is super twitchy, super explosive, super fast. But again, that's more of like a, a three, four outside linebacker. Steve Spagnolo likes the prototypes. The, the George Karloftis, right? Yeah. Just big, strong, bruising, physical pass rushers. Look at what he did in New York with guys like Michael Strahan. Like he wants the big prototypical defensive ends. And so most of those guys, because they're, they're most of those guys are like 6'5", 270 pounds and fast and strong. Yeah, they usually go in the top 10. So you don't have the luxury of having those dudes fall to your lap at pick 31. But there are a couple like in-between dudes who I think might be there. And one really popular one that I like, local kid from Kansas City, went to K-State, Felix and Yudike Uzama. It's a mouthful, but it might be worth remembering his name because he is sort of this perfect in-between prospect that I think will be available to the Chiefs at pick 31. Right, he, he doesn't have that Miles Garrett prototypical. He's not like the 6'6", 280, but he's got size. He's got a long frame. He's got a good pass rush repertoire. Like this isn't just an athlete who hasn't learned any skills. Like he's got a good polished skill set and he's got the production. Back-to-back years, double digits, tackles for loss, 19 and a half sacks over his last two seasons. He's still young. So he's only 21 years old. I think he'll be maybe 22 by the start of his rookie season. Like he checks a lot of boxes. He's got the, he's got the repertoire. He has the production to match it. He's not 24. Like a lot of these dudes you'll see. Oh, wow. You know, they got, they had a really good season last year. Oh, it was their fifth year in school and they're 24. Right, they're three years older than everybody they're playing against. That's not the case with this guy. He's 21 years old. He's a true junior. Young gun. So you kind of look at some of these things and you say, okay, were you good because you're a good football player and you're just like a special guy and that's why you're going to go to the NFL? Or were you good because you stuck around for five years and you just waited until you were older and stronger than everyone? It's not the case with him. So you look at a lot of the guys in the draft class, by the way, and that is the case with him. Like some of the dudes... Like Will McDonald is 24 years old. Some of the guys that are going to be going in the second round, they're a little bit older in age. And that's some, you wonder like how much better are you going to be able to get at the next level? This kid, this Casey kid, like I know it sort of fits the storybook 
Oh, Casey Kidd, who gets drafted by the Chiefs when the draft is in Kansas City. He went to the school 60 miles down the road. But from a football point out of view, a movie, but it, like it is out of a movie. And I know that, you know, we're not in a movie and <laughs> Eric Stone Street, speaking of movies, would love that pick. Yeah, I'm sure he would. He'd be in heaven. A lot, a lot of K-State fans like that would be a very, very popular pick. Like it's the that Kansas City crowd would go crazy. And I get it. We're not in a Disney movie. You know, he's not going to walk onto the stage in slow motion with something inspirational playing behind him. But I just think it makes a lot of sense. If Kayla, the Chiefs, it's not a movie yet. If they stick at thirty, feels like something Dennis Quaid will be in in a few years. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they stick at pick 31. Yes. That, to me, is sort of the perfect sweet spot of guys who might be worth a, a first-round pick and also fit a need for you. Also, if someone ever described me as having long arms, I would go in a corner and cry. That's just such a weird thing. I know that's important in a football player, but gotta have, have long arms. You gotta have, you know, what are your favorite draft isms? Um, so I'll take, I, I like, I like, um, uh, what are they called? Greasy hips. What? So cornerbacks. Is that like the Dak thing that he does warming yes. up? Yeah. Like, they, like if you're a cornerback, you want to have really greasy hips so you can turn to, you can like turn directions. I bet cool. they're great at weddings on the dance floor. I'm sure they are. All that hard work's paying off. <laughs> I know. So what, what do you think is the most important thing to have in a draft prospect? Is it speed? Is it size? If you can pick one, I know the best are a combination of all these things, but well, I mean, it depends what, on the, it depends I, on the position. Right. It depends if, on position for sure. If we're talking about, if we're talking about edge rusher, I think explosion is really important like whether you're an undersized speed rusher or you're like a big powerful just like brute power rusher you have to be able to explode off the line of scrimmage things are happening pretty quickly All right if it's a pass play that quarterback you got 2 seconds to get to him and that ball is out so regardless of whether you're that quick twitchy athlete or you're that big powerful athlete you have to have explosion you need to be able to jump off that line of scrimmage and get in the backfield in the blink of an eye. And it doesn't matter how you do it. You can't do that unless you're an explosive athlete. So that to me is the one defining characteristic that you just kind of have to have. And if you don't have it, you better be really good at everything else because you're going to have to make up for it with technique, with skill, with length, with size, whatever you have to make up for it because explosion is just kind of one of those things you don't see guys at least at that position, you just don't see guys having success without it. Okay. And we know and the wide receivers hip. this year. And greasy guys. Yeah. <laughs> that they don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, And greasy. that. What a weird thing to describe someone as having. Mm -hmm. Maybe throw that out at the draft. If you're having a draft watch party this weekend. Just okay. Throw out, you know, when they, whenever the Chiefs select a guy, you know, I heard that. We're going to be on together, aren't we? Giving our yeah. draft analysis. Yeah. The you know, pick? Will you slip that in, in the conversation? Know. Say, well, you know, he's got the greasiest hips in the draft. <laughs> Doesn't need WD 40. That's for sure. There you go. Okay, Nick. Um, <laughs> running on little sleep here. Uh, prediction time. What do you think the chiefs do on Thursday night? Putting you on the spot. 
Okay, so we've got to officially predict. How many times have you been asked this, by the way? This is <laughs> the, the last week. One. Oh, really? This is the first one, yeah. Oh, okay. You haven't done a ton of these yet? No. Well, it's okay. it's kind of been a, like so far, it's mostly been what would they do in this scenario? What would they do in that scenario? What do you want to see them do? But if I'm actually making a prediction, this is tough because I think they're trading up. I really do. I do not think they're they're drafting at 31st overall. But is it's that your gut or is that people you've talked to? It's just kind of a, a little bit of both. And then you listen to some of the stuff they've said. It just doesn't make sense. I don't feel like it makes sense to stay at 31 with this draft class. Like You're not drafting for depth anymore. Last year, you had four rookies starting in the secondary in the Super Bowl. Four rookies. And you had a rookie at running back. And you had a rookie wide receiver who scored a touchdown. And you had a rookie starting at edge rusher. You don't need... And and, not, and all those guys are, are were, were really good last year. But I don't know how many of those rookies you're building around in the future. Like, you know you're building around Trip McDuffie. We think. You know you're building around George Karloftis. We think. Mm -hmm. Same with Isaiah Pacheco. But like Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams... We don't know if they're going to start for this team for the future. Leo Chanel, Sky Moore, we don't know any of that. Yeah. So I don't, as great as last year's draft was, and you would take it in a heartbeat again, I do think the Chiefs get a little, like, get a little dicey with it. You just won the Super Bowl. And last time they won the Super Bowl, what'd they do? They went out and drafted a running back in the first round. That was a risky pick. It didn't pay off. But when you win the Super Bowl, you are afforded certain luxuries. I think the Chiefs are going after a big swing, Kayla. I think they want to. I don't think they want a guy who's just going to come in and kind of be a rotational piece, and maybe he'll be a developmental player, and like he can play a little bit in year one, and then year two he plays a little bit more. I think they want a guy who they think can turn into a stud that they can build around. And the name that I keep coming back to is Miles Murphy out of Clemson. So this okay. kid. He's an edge rusher. He is sort of the prototype, right? Like the, the stuff we talked about with what Spags wants in an edge rusher. He wants big, physical, can kind of do it all type guys. And Miles Murphy is that. And the only reason why he would be available to them, because this is a guy who's a five-star prospect coming out of high school. And out of high school, the thought was he goes to Clemson, he'll spend three years there, and he'll be a top five pick because he has all of the intangibles that you would want in an edge rusher. He is 6'5", he is 275. The issue with Miles Murphy, and the reason why he might actually be around for the Chiefs in the 20s, is because he didn't get much better in college. Like, you didn't see him take those next steps. And so people kind of wonder, okay, is he kind of maxed out? Was he just like ahead of his age when he was 18 years old? And then he started to get around other college athletes, and then you realize, okay... He maybe plateaued a little bit. He was just an early riser, and this is who he's going to be. I think the Chiefs are going to look at the physical traits, and they're going to say, nope, we can get him to the next level. For whatever reason, he didn't get there in college. He showed glimmers of it, but we can get him to the next level. A month ago, Kayla, this guy was thought of as being a top 10 pick. Wow. Now, all of a sudden, there are thoughts that he could fall into the 20s and to the 25s. So I, if, I'm, if I'm Brett Beach, you know he's watching tape on all these dudes. 
and he's probably listening to this podcast. Well, he is looking at mock drafts. He said that. <laughs> he said that. He's like, I, I read mock drafts. We need to come back to my mock draft thought in a second. These guys, they pay attention to what other what people are saying. They they pay attention to what the insiders are saying because they know Adam Schefter and Peter King and all these dudes, Todd McShay, they're like Brett Veach knows those guys are talking to other teams. And he wants to see like what are other teams kind of floating out there? What what is the, what's the buzz? And if you start to get a sense that like okay, I keep feeling like this dude might fall into the 20s. Okay, now he's in our zone. Now he's in the zone where we could realistically go and get him. I'm going to call my shot. The Chiefs trade up to pick 23. Ooh. The Minnesota Vikings, and they select edge rusher out of Clemson, Miles Murphy. It's a bit of a risky one. I could just... first. Well, I could say the easy thing. I could say, hey, they're going to sit there at 31, and they're going to take Felix and UDK Uzama. And I'd be very happy with that. that five times fast. But... I want to swing for the fences here because I think the Chiefs should be swinging for the fences and I think they can swing for the fences. So I'm going Miles Murphy. Okay. I Watch like him, it. By the way, he's going to, just because I did this, he's going to end up going like 12th overall and I'm going to look like such an idiot. Well, you said he was supposed to be in the top 10. So that, I don't think that makes you look like an idiot. Yeah. But if I'm like 10 picks off and the Chiefs like don't even like, and we find out the Chiefs were never even in on him, then I'm going to feel. I'm going to feel like a little bit of an idiot. Here's my beef with mock drafts. I don't like getting worked up and wasting a lot of time and energy on something that may or may not happen. And that's literally all mock drafts are. I know people make their living out of this. Mad respect to them. But do any mock drafts actually come true? Have there been any that have been spot on once? No. So last year, so there are websites that track the accuracy of mock drafts. And last year the most accurate mock draft that they tracked, it got 29 of the 32 players like in the in the first round, but it only got 10 perfect matches. Like it only like pr- correctly predicted 10 players to the to team the that team. actually drafted them. 10, and that was the most. So it's like baseball. If you bat 300, you're going to be amongst like the most accurate mock drafters. Because once you get to like pick, like look at this year, for example, we know Bryce Young's going number one mm-hmm. to the Panthers. As of right now, 48 hours away from the draft, we don't know who the Texans are taking it to. So you may have Will Levis. I may have CJ Stroud. Somebody else may have Will Anderson. Well, guess what? Then they're going to go out there and draft Tyree Wilson. And now all of our drafts are screwed up. Because if and you then get it's the a trickle down wrong, effect. Yep. Exactly. So um, it's really tough to do, but you know what? That is why people like doing them because if they were really easy to predict, nobody would click on the articles and not, you wouldn't have 10 million people doing mock drafts because they'd be like, this is easy. We all know what's going to happen, but instead nobody knows what's going to happen. And every single year people put out their mock drafts and they say, this is going to be the craziest year ever. It's the most unpredictable year ever <laughs> that last year as well, but it's fun. I, I it's, it's like it's one of those things that like if you're trying to learn much by looking at mock drafts, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, that's why I ju- I'm like I don't want to get invested in something that this could blow yeah, don't up get after the it's first pick. Like, you know, it's just it's just fodder. That's all it is. It's something to click on and read and make you wonder about, but don't try to take don't try to read too much into the mocks. That's the key. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Good luck. I do like Todd Todd McShay, and he has our K-State friend coming to the Chiefs. So 
Mm. I think that'll be my prediction. But that means we stay at 31. So we're both aligned defense. We don't think we're going offense first. I don't. I just don't think there's... I I just don't like this wide receiver class. Yep. Wait. Wait until the second round. That's where you can get... You can still get a... You know, potential day one starter in round two or round three. So why waste a first round pick on it? Fair. Agree. Nick, are we talking before the draft or no? Uh, well, we'll be talking on the NFL draft show, the That's Odyssey. True. Okay. Show. What's your week look like? Give us the deets. Uh, well, on Tuesday night, I'll be doing a live Q&A with Mitchell Schwartz and oh, Taylor here in Kansas City. And we're doing a little, um, a little get-together. Is get he together. cooking for you? No, he's not. He's doing that later in the week. So we'll just be doing a Q&A. It's called Drafts and Drafts. And we'll be doing a Q&A, just talking about the draft, previewing the draft, telling stories. Uh, we'll be doing a little watch party with the station on Wednesday and Thursday. And just, I'm going to be holding down the fort, anchoring all the coverage through, you know, Thursday through Saturday, basically. So I'm about to lock in, Kayla. What a boss. Oh, man. Making I, things I, run over it's there. It's a long week, but it'll, it'll be a fun one. Well, I am so jealous. I wish I could go. I'm going to have FOMO. I want to see all of the um, picks and vids on Twitter. You're not really an Instagram guy, are you? No, I'm really not. Okay, well. I'm an Instagram browser, not an Instagram poster. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Um, But I'm I'm excited for you guys. This is going to be so big for Kansas City. It's going to be, I mean, quite literally the biggest event in the history of the city. So I I think it's going to be a really cool time for the city. I'm pumped can't wait to watch it all go down um and yeah we'll be talking to each other on draft night and then recapping everything next week look out for that all right nick will you enjoy the draft and thank you um and yes we will talk to you all next week odyssey is doing something special for this year's nfl draft brian baldinger and jason lacanfora are hosting the 2023 odyssey draft show join them on the first night of the draft as they talk with local experts from odyssey podcast across the country we will be joining them to give instant reaction and analysis after the chiefs pick leading up to the draft check out baldy's podcast in the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns the draft show starts thursday april 27th at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific listen on the free odyssey app and watch on the odyssey sports YouTube page. He is Nick Schwartz. I'm Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Have a good one. Best of luck to the Chiefs in the draft, and we'll see y'all on the other side.